Jack Drummond was one of the last of the old school reporters when he died back in 2013. During his illustrious career, Jack had written for, among others, the Washington Star and the Baltimore Sun. But my favorite role for Jack was as a panelist on the TV show The McLaughlin Group, which was hosted by the late John McLaughlin. Jack could always be counted on to give you a little bit of gifted insight. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury from National Preview Online. Thank you for joining us for another National Preview Online podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe. You can find us in the iTunes App Store. You can find us on podbean.com, our hosting service. But however you find us, please subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about us, and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash National Preview Online and on our website, nationalpreviewonline.com. Well, there was a bit of insight I picked up from Jack during one of his broadcasts back in the days when George W. Bush was running for president. And Jack pointed out that he felt that someone in the Bush campaign had a very good third ear. Now, what is Jack talking about? Ah, a little sip of tea to wet my whistle. Well, what Jack is talking about is that in the political arena, you need three ears. You need one ear to hear what one side of the debate is saying. You need another ear to hear what the other side of the debate is saying. And then you need a third ear, that very, very in-tuned third ear, that can listen to what no side in the debate is saying. And that's what made me think about Jack Drummond that issue about the third ear, because there's an issue in this campaign that requires a third ear that no one is really, really talking about to the extent that they should be speaking about it, and I'm referring to this mail-in voting. This mail-in voting has the potential to be the biggest disaster we've ever seen, and it's amazing. You can always tell who is best served by mail-in voting by looking at the people who are defending it. Naturally, it doesn't surprise me in the least that the Democrats and the left are the ones that are really pushing for this mail-in voting, so much so that they're trying to convince you that it's indistinguishable from the famous absentee ballot. Well, that's not exactly true. The last I realized or understood, absentee ballots were something that could be requested if you weren't intending to be um, in the country or in the locality on Election Day, or if you were physically infirmed and couldn't get out to the ballot box. But absentee ballots uh, only went out to registered voters. I don't know what criteria they're setting to determine who's eligible for a mail-in ballot. I wouldn't be surprised if 13-year-olds were getting ballots, um, people who've been deceased for 15 or 20 years, and probably even family pets. There's so much fraud that's going to go on, it's shocking. And yet no one is speaking about this. No one is speaking about the real danger of absentee ballots. The only way we're hearing about it is because of these um, contemporaneous changes in the post office, which were planned anyway. Anything, anybody that knows anything about big organizations knows that things are in the pipeline for years. They didn't just come about because this Mr. LaJoy took over the post office. No. These things were in the pipeline for quite some time as a consequence of a shrinking postal service due to a shrinking need for the postal service. As more and more mail 
is delivered electronically, uh, first-class mail becomes less necessary. And it is first-class mail where the post office has a government-protected advantage, since all private carriers are not permitted to deliver first-class mail. You have to deliver express mail or packages or parcel post, things of those natures. So this whole business with the mail-in voting. Now, here's a, a little website, leftist website, Ben and Jerry's. They're a big liberal website. They give money to that terrorist group, Black Lives Matter, which is why we no longer patronize Ben and Jerry's on National Preview Online. We don't encourage anyone to patronize them. But listen to this threadbare defense from the reliable political experts over at Ben and Jerry's. One is the one I just mentioned. It's not a new idea. It's been in the news lately, but it's not new. Before the pandemic, five states already conducted their elections completely by mail. Yeah. Hawaii, left. Oregon, left. That's where they do all the writing out there. Washington, left. And Colorado, left. You also have Utah, but there's always an outlier. What can you expect? They march to a different drummer. They also think it's okay to have five wives, so they're a little bit out of step with the times. So that's their big reason. It's already been done. Now, they also say that every state already has a system in place that allows people to vote by mail, the absentee ballot. I spoke to that before. And that's been in, in, in existence since the Civil War to allow the soldiers, who had a pretty good excuse, they were all fighting, so they could vote. And the catch here, according to Ben and Jerry's, is that 16 states require voters to provide a reason for why they won't be able to cast a vote in person, which I think is, is pretty fair. And they say here, we think that a global pandemic is a pretty good reason Many of those states agree and are working to change these requirements. Well, let me ask you all a question. I, I assume that most of you listen to this show are reasonable people of reasonable intelligence. What is it about this pandemic that makes it necessary for safety or any other reason for us to vote by mail? They have no problem, these state governments, with you going to Walmart and waiting online with the little footprints on the floor, you know, six feet apart. They have no problem with you going to Dwayne Reed, Walgreens, CVS for your drugs and other necessities, supermarket, everybody staying six feet apart. All of this, which happens multiple times a day, every day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, is not going to plunge us into the depths of a pandemic. But this one day in November where we have to show up and fill out a ballot, that's going to throw the whole gizmo out of, out of sync. That's going to bring us all to grief, and we're all going to catch COVID-19 and die because we all have to show up on Election Day. Now, if it isn't obvious just from that that this is a complete crock, then you have some serious issues if you can't see that. Let's go to... Reason number two, it'll keep people safe. Well, that's largely a fantasy, which I just addressed by virtue of addressing uh, issue number one. Now, look what they're talking about here. Much of the U.S. is slowly beginning to reopen after hunkering down and quarantine for months, 
but COVID-19 is going, not going away. It's killed more than 100,000 people in the U.S., and many experts expect a second spike. Well, I got news for you, sweetheart. The flu kills 64,000 people every year. The world doesn't stop. 50,000 people are killed on American highways every year. People don't stop driving. This is just an, another crock. Just another crock. And 150,000 people haven't died because now they're admitting that most of these things have been fudged. They're testing people who have died from other things, and if they come back positive for having had the COVID-19 virus, they are listing them as having died from the COVID-19 virus. And I've spoken about this issue before. If you've been a regular listener to this show, you know that I have made a distinction, as medical science has made a distinction, between dying from COVID-19 and dying with COVID-19. And a lot of people have died with COVID-19 and are being carried erroneously as having died from it. And that's a falsehood. Reason number three, it's really easy. Well, the fact that something is easy shouldn't necessarily automatically be a reason for doing it. Number four is that it increases voter turnout. No doubt it does. It increases turnout for people who are registered and even people who aren't registered, even people who shouldn't even be in this country, people who aren't even citizens and therefore have no right to vote. They don't even have a right to be here. But surely it increases voter turnout. And lastly, the big one, number five. The people who favor it say they do so because it strengthens our democracy. Since 2000, more than 250 million votes have been cast by mail. Voting by mail is a tested, secure process that many Americans are comfortable with. Well, I'm not one of them, and we saw the fraud that took place right here in New York with Carolyn Maloney's vote. It doesn't strengthen our democracy unless, of course, you are part of that cabal that wants to get Donald Trump out of office, is con continuing to peddle the narrative that the Russians helped him and that he's a Russian agent. In your case... Of course you think that mail-in voting strengthens democracy because you think that fraudulent voting for Democrats is going to get rid of Trump. Now, aren't votes supposed to be sacred? Aren't they supposed to be secret? Aren't they? Well, if they are, why is it, and you can see the video showing the envelopes, it's all over the Internet, why is it that all of the mail-in ballots are showing an R on the back of them in the coding, if it's a Republican that the ballot is being sent to, and a D on the back of it, if it's a Democrat it's being sent to. It seems to me labor unions being dominated by the Democratic Party as they are, the Postal Service being no exception, I can see a lot of mail-in ballots with the R in them being trashed and thrown into the pile and never getting sent in and never getting processed. Even though that would be a federal crime, I see it happening. These absentee ballots have always been the source of fraud. Does anyone really think that that piece of garbage, Al Franken, that idiot who never accomplished anything in his life, really won the Senate race? It was weeks after. Every time they needed more votes, all of a sudden guy would say, oh, look over here, we found a pile of votes, another thousand ballots, and hey, what do you know? They're all for Al Franken. That was a tragedy. Thank God he overstepped his bounds, a little sexual allegation, and now Al Franken is no longer with us. But that was something that never, 
should have happened. Al Franken never should have been allowed to be a senator. Al Franken shouldn't be elected dog catcher. He's just a third-rate comic and a fourth-rate radio host who couldn't make it with that other cackling hen on NPR because people don't want to hear that garbage. Conservative radio is successful because people want to hear it. People don't want to hear that little gobbledy, liberal gobbledygook. There's plenty of it on TV. Turn on CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, ABC. It's all around you. Even Fox sees people encroaching as Rupert Murdoch gets older and older and his sons take on a bigger and bigger role in the network. Fox also is changing. That's why I'm glad we have OAN News. I'm glad we have talk radio. I'm glad the podcast industry is growing. I'm trying to do my part to communicate these things to people, things that are not being spoken about in places that they should be spoken about. That is why people are turning to podcasts, to get the information they need. You've got Rush Limbaugh, he's great. You've got Sean Hannity, he's great. And Fox News in primetime, you can't beat it. Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and Laura Ingram, as I said last week, the number one rated network in primetime in the months of June and July. The country is thirsting for conservatism. There's no way those shows could be the leading shows absent that. That's what we have. That's what we have going on. So, do you really think that voting by mail is necessary? Do you really think we should have it? Ask yourself that question. Ask yourself why going to the polls one day, waiting six feet apart, is going to send us into an abyss from which we cannot recover, but yet we're allowed to go to stores every day. We're allowed to go to the supermarket, like I said, the drugstore, the Walmarts, in literally numbers in the hundreds and the thousands. Far more people probably go to those stores and turn out to vote. But this one day of voting is going to put us all at risk. Now, if you don't think you've been, you've been sold a bill of goods with that, then there's nothing much I can do for you. But it's so patently obvious, it's tragic but I still feel obligated to bring it to you. So please, let's do our part. Let's do our part and fight this obvious attempt at fraud, an attempt to foist from office, force from office, a man who was legitimately elected. I call upon every conservative and every Republican, do not, do not mail in your vote. Go vote in person. Go vote in person. Don't give any opportunity for your vote to be trashed. Go vote in person. That aside, your primary mission should be to write to every congressional representative, every local official, especially your local officials, because your voting is controlled by your states, not by the federal government. It's controlled by the states. Write to your state representatives, write to your governors, write to your mayors, tell them you're not going to tolerate this. You're not going to tolerate our elections being undermined by a system that is patently designed to allow illegal aliens to vote and other people who have no right to be able to cast a vote. Okay? Vote for democracy by voting in person and stopping mail-in voting. For National Preview Online... I'm Jamie Dury.